church for your faithfulness, your generosity, and that God will meet the needs of the body as we are faithful. Amen? Amen. All right, parents, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever planned a birthday party for your, for your son or your daughter, and you were so busy at the party that you forgot to even get a picture of your child blowing out their candles? You were so busy making sure that the kids, that all the kids got their goodie bag, so busy making sure that the presents were in the right place and that the cake was perfect and that all the games were set up and that the cups and the plates were on the table. So busy that making sure that the hot dogs were done in time and everybody made it and that your house wasn't being destroyed by all the kids and, and that everybody knew where the bathroom was and that the wrapping paper uh, made sure that it got thrown in the trash and that the, birth card, that the birthday cards and the money made sure it didn't get thrown in the trash and that everyone felt welcome, that there were enough drinks for everybody and that the kid that is crying isn't crying. sit down and enjoy the moment. You just want to sit down and enjoy your child, but you are so busy. And, and you look around, right? You look around at the party and you wish you could just enjoy the moment, but there's just too much to do to enjoy the moment. You even get jealous of the parents that are there who get to enjoy the party, who get to just hang out and talk and and enjoy a good hot dog and, and Coca-Cola. And you're too busy to eat. You get jealous and you get upset almost. You start to get mad that the kids are running around playing. And that's they're supposed to be playing, but but they're just too, they're freaking you out because they won't just sit still. Anybody. You don't want to have that attitude. But there's just so much to do. And others are being selfish for enjoying the party. Why don't they help? If, they, if they're not going to help, why don't they just go home? And you know that's the wrong attitude to have, but you don't care right now because you're anxious and you're tired and you're frustrated and you're jealous and you're sad and you're missing out on the very reason you threw the party to begin with celebration the person but you are celebrating because you're working you feel like you got from a party host excited to celebrate your child to an unappreciated servant missing out on time with your child you just want to make sure that everything is right for your son or your daughter but in your desire to have the best celebration for them you become disgruntled at the guest has anybody ever been there? Just me. Just me? Be honest, right? Maybe not at a birthday party. Maybe not at, not at an event for your child, but 
Maybe you felt that way in your Christian walk. Maybe you serve at church and you're always trying to make sure that your department is running smooth or that you're filling in the gap for someone else or that you're stepping up when someone else has stepped back. You love to serve. You love church, but you get tired and you get frustrated. I get it. Understand. But I want us to make a distinction here. As we dig into our passage this morning in Luke, this is as we as we are journeying through Luke's gospel, this is week 32 through Luke's gospel. As we dig into our passage this morning, we're going to see that Mary is not rebuked by Jesus for serving. She's rebuked by Jesus for thinking that her serving mattered more than simply being with her guests. She's rebuked for thinking that serving mattered more than being with her guests. So, this is not a story, church. This is not a story of praising Mary for not serving. This is a story of rebuking. Uh, this is not a story of rebuking Mary. It's a story of rebuking Martha for not sitting. It's not a story of praising Mary for not serving. It's a story of rebuking Martha for not sitting. So hear me now before we begin to the passage. Hear this, church. Because for some of us, this is going to be uncomfortable. For some of us, it's going to be like a breath of fresh air. Hear me now before we even get into the passage. Your serving will never replace your sitting. serving will never replace your sitting. You cannot serve well until you sit well. Nobody with me this morning? You cannot serve well until you sit well. One reason, and that, so that's one reason we have teams and rotations here at New City Church is it's why the, we need each other within the body to function well. Is because we all need some time to sit. And so if, not every, if everybody is serving or if, or if everybody is sitting, we get out of balance. If you aren't serving, you're preventing someone else from sitting. church is made up of servers and sitters. You hear that? If you aren't serving, you aren't utilizing what you received while you were sitting. And if you aren't sitting, you aren't going to serve from a healthy place. So hear me, church, sitting matters. Pastor, we need people to serve. serve that are healthy. And I want you who are serving to be healthy. So we all need to pull our weight. We all need to take our turn at the feet and at the table. We all need to take our turn just sitting and we all need to take our turn serving. 
show up at church when you're serving. If you only show up at church when you're serving, you are sitting and you're going to hate serving. If you never take time to simply worship, you're going to become anxious and worried and frustrated. Again, it's why the body should function like a body, bearing one another's burdens, co-laboring together, sitting and serving together. If you don't guard your heart and check your attitude, you can go from a co-laborer in the church to a critic of the church to a combatant of the church. No church is perfect, no people are perfect, but we must check our hearts as God Jesus is perfecting us as his saints and perfecting his church as his bride and our attitude goes a long way in the perfecting work and sitting helps our attitude and our heart be in proper alignment with so we can serve with a proper attitude and proper heart. All serving and no sitting leads to burnout, frustration, anger, complaining, and nitpicking. Take a seat before you get up to serve. And if someone comes to you complaining about serve them, tell them that maybe they need to make sure they're taking a seat at Jesus' feet for a little bit. Don't give in and listen to their complaining. Tell them, hey, why don't you just sit at Jesus' feet for a minute? I'm not, I, I don't have time to give in, to, to listen, to give ear to complaining. I, I have time to sit at Jesus' feet. I have time to serve. Complaining distracts me from both. Did you hear that? Complaining distracts me from both sitting and serving. If I'm listening to complaining, I'm not listening to Jesus. If I'm listening to complaining, I'm not digging in and serving with my brothers and my sisters. Do not give an ear, either sit or serve. But don't sit an excuse not to serve, sit so that you can be equipped and empowered and restored and rested so that you serve with the right heart. Now listen, their complaint could be, well, there's not enough people to serve, so they never get a chance to sit. Wait, that's a, that's a, valid, that's a valid thing to say. But maybe that's a chance to take a few minutes together and to sit at the feet of Jesus together and pray together because complaining is not going to solve nothing. Prayer will. Somebody say amen. I said complaining ain't going to solve nothing, but prayer will. Pray together. Be strengthened together. Ask the Lord to send laborers into the harvest. Instead of complaining about it, pray about it. Because, yeah, we need, we need more folks to serve. I'm going to tell you, let's be, let's be real. I believe that God has given us the body that, we, that he has for us, and he is continuing to add to the body. And he expects us to function as the body. And so the problem isn't 
my servant. Right? Because if we will just find out where God wants me to be, the needs will be met. Same with our giving, the same with everything within the body. If we as the body just function as the body, if we just do what we're called to do, God will take care of the rest of it. Amen? Some folks are doing multiple things. Multiple things. Some folks, I'm metal this morning, right? Some folks are doing multiple things. Some folks are maybe show up. I'm just going to preach now. Is that okay if I just preach? If I scream it, will it feel better? I said, sometimes, everybody turns. Feels more anointed if I scream it. Some folks are doing multiple things. Not because we don't have folks to serve, but because each one of us need to either be the hand or the foot or the feet, and we're just kind of, shut up so I can get into the scripture, right? Let's do it. Let's get into the word. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. Anybody felt like that before in the church? Come on, somebody. I felt like that. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. The first thing we want to understand and see this, this morning in this passage is that we are welcoming Jesus, welcoming Jesus. Luke tells us that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. She was showing hospitality. She was making room for Jesus. She wanted Jesus in her home. She wanted to hear Jesus. She wanted to be near to Jesus. She wanted to see Jesus. She wanted to know Jesus. She wanted to experience Jesus. She knew that he would speak words of life and hope and healing and peace and kingdom power. She knew that Jesus could work miracles. She wanted Jesus in her home. Let me encourage you this morning. Welcome Jesus into your home. I need Jesus in my home. sermon, writing my sermon, I'm reminded of the song by John Mark McMillan that, that says, walk around my house and turn it upside down so your spirit moves me. I love that idea. I love that song as an invitation to the spirit of God. Just walk around my house, Lord Jesus. Just let your spirit walk through my house. Just just come into the, into the living room and into the bedroom and into the kitchen and, and Lord, just move your spirit all through my house. Your spirit and works and, and, is, and is breaking down chains and bondage. Welcome into my house, Jesus. You are welcome in my home. Invite Jesus into your home. Give Jesus a seat. Listen to Jesus speak. Open up the 
doors of your house. Give him access to every space. Martha gave Jesus a seat because Martha wanted Jesus in her home and she wanted everything in her home that Jesus had. She wanted his power and authority in her home. She wanted his peace in her home. She wanted his kingdom in her home. She wanted his blessing in her home. She wanted his mercy in her home. She wanted his forgiveness in her home. She wanted his healing in her home. She wanted all of Jesus and everything Jesus was and is in her home. This morning, Jesus, you are welcome into this house to my home. Welcome, Jesus, into your home. Jesus, you have a seat. You have a throne in my home. Jesus, you are welcome. But sometimes, church, sometimes we welcome Jesus in, but we get distracted by stuff distracted by doing. The scripture says that she was distracted by her many tasks. Were the tasks bad? No. Were the tasks needed? Probably. But they were distracting her from the guests. church, the enemy knows if he can distract you, he can defeat you. If the enemy can make the stuff and the activity, and we're not just talking about church stuff here, right? If the enemy can make the stuff and the activity and the busyness more important than the person of Jesus, you will lose sight of the person of Jesus. And when you lose sight of the person of Jesus, you lose sight of your purpose. The tasks were important, but Jesus was more important. Paul tells us that we're to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Hear me, church. Not every entanglement is an entanglement into sin. Sometimes it's an entanglement into hustle and tasks and the stuff of doing. Not every distraction is an invitation into sin. Sometimes it's simply an invitation into busyness over being. But here's the better invitation, church. Jesus praised Mary for simply being present in the room. She had welcomed him into her home. Her house was all, he was already there. But then she began to get distracted. Being is better than doing. What does that mean? Jesus praised Mary for simply being present in the room. Martha's sister sat at the feet of Jesus. She wasn't busy. She wasn't doing. She was simply being. 
this in the church. Being with Jesus is where you receive the voice and the touch. Sitting with Jesus is where your joy is restored, where your peace is received, where your spirit is strengthened, where your mind is calmed and where your fears die and where your hope is renewed and where your purpose is found and where your life makes sense and where truth is spoken and where the enemy is defeated and where lies are science and where silence and where forgiveness overflows into springs of new life. Have a seat and look up at Jesus. And when you're sitting at his feet, you have to look up to see him. Look up at Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Soak in the person and the presence of Jesus. Being is better than doing. Being is where you are restored. Again, listen to me in the context of church life. We need doers. But we need healthy doers. Are you, let me just ask you, church. Let me ask you. Are you taking your turn serving that someone else can take their turn sitting. And when it's not your turn to serve, are you making sure that you're sitting so that when it is your turn to serve, you're serving from a place of peace? And if you're not serving, sign up. Why? Because you've been sitting long enough else needs to sit down. Can I just be pastoral for a second? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you stop, that you step away and you stop serving. I'm saying that you learn how to, how to serve and sit. Because if you're always serving, it will lead to a joyless frustration. Can I just be real and, and, and authentic and all those other buzzwords with you for a second? As a pastor, telling my congregation that you need to sit more is, 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 is not an easy thing. telling you that you need to sit more is because if you don't learn to sit at the feet of Jesus, eventually you will stop serving completely. I'm not after a church that burns hot and burns bright and burns out. I'm looking for a church that is faithful. Because Jesus is looking for a church that is faithful. Healthy. Each member co-laboring together and co-sitting together. church. Some of you this morning, you're like, it's 
is so frustrating because I want to sit some and I can't. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for that person, for those people. I pray, God, that you would, that you would encourage them and strengthen them. And I pray, God, that you, would, that you would raise up some folks that have been sitting for a while that can serve, need to serve so that we can be the healthy body you're calling us to be. Joyless frustration. Here's where she goes with this. Lord, don't you care? She says, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her, so tell Jesus, tell that lazy sister of mine to get up off her rear end and get in the kitchen to help me. I'm always having to do this, God. She just sits there. Tell that woman to get up. Give me a hand. I've been, I've been that Martha before. Anybody been that Martha before? I am so sick of these folks, Jesus. Tell them. Lord, don't you care that nobody else is signing up to serve? Lord, don't you care that these folks love to worship but won't give or won't serve? Lord, don't you care that I'm in this all alone? Jesus, tell them to help. Tell them, Jesus, I'm tired of doing it by myself. I'm tired of all of this, Jesus. I celebrate you. There are so many things to do. People will shut the door. They won't throw away their trash. People will do this. They won't sign up to serve. We need more folks on Wednesday nights. We need folks. Jesus, 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 tell them to do something. And Jesus says, just sit down at my feet and listen to me and rest. Just enjoy my company for a minute. Your frustration that's what Jesus would say. Your frustration at other people is a sign that you've lost focus of me. That's a hard one, right? Your frustration at other people is a sign that you just need to sit down for a minute. Just soak in my presence. Listen, taking a break from church is not the answer, right? Looking for a church where you can sit back and not serve is not the answer. Looking for an excuse to to skip the Sunday you're scheduled to serve is not the answer. Let me get some coffee right there. said, looking for an excuse to skip the Sunday you're scheduled to serve is not the answer. Complaining to others about lack of help is not the answer. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the answer. You need to make sure that you are spending time in the company. Say, if I don't do this on Sunday morning, if I don't do this, nobody's going to do it. Let's pray that some more folks step up. 
Amen? So what do you need to do? How do I, what do I need to do then, Jesus? How do I, let's start here. Are you, do you have the daily devotional time? Do you have a time set aside every day where you're not going to do anything else but open up the word of God and sit at the feet of Jesus? If Sunday is your only time that you get to sit at the feet of Jesus, no wonder you're frustrated and burned out. If you're not spending time with Jesus every day, no wonder you're frustrated and angry at everybody else. Make sure you have daily devotional time. You've got you to sit at Jesus' feet. You've got to welcome him into your home. You hear that? You've got to welcome him into your home. Sunday may be a day where you are serving. And if you're serving on Sunday, have you had Jesus in your house the week before? Have you spent time at the feet of Jesus every day? serve on Sunday and you're frustrated because you don't get any time with Jesus on Sunday morning, I feel you. But if you know you're serving on Sunday, you better make sure that you've taken some time during the weeks that you've sat at the feet of Jesus so that your attitude and that your heart and that your mind and that your spirit are rested and ready and you've heard from Jesus. music on. Turn off that achy, breaky heart or whatever they're singing these days. are starting in a, in, in, a, in a few weeks. If you're interested in, in leading a small group, let me know. It'll be starting in September. Join a small group. Well, I have to serve on Sunday. I know I'm going to have to serve on Sunday. So join a small group that you don't have to serve. You're just fellowshipping with other believers. You're just strengthening one another. You're just sitting at the feet of Jesus with your brothers and your sisters. you're serving on Sunday, but you don't serve on Wednesday, come to adult Bible study on Wednesday night. Take time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Have accountability partners, have friends. The answer is not leaving the church. The answer is finding time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, you're distracted by many things, but one is necessary. One thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice. One thing is necessary. If you're taking notes, next One thing is necessary. Jesus is not saying that the other things aren't important. Okay? 
Jesus doesn't say they're not important, but he says one thing is necessary. Jesus isn't saying the other things don't matter. Jesus is saying one thing is necessary. What does that word necessary mean? Necessary means required to be done, achieved, or present, needed, essential. One thing is essential. Hear me, church. Unless you take care of the essential thing, you will continue to be frustrated, easily angered, a complainer or a fault finder or a gossip. Unless you take care of the essential thing, you will continue to feel unfulfilled in your life and in your ministry. Unless you take care of the essential thing. You can have the best ministry, you can have the best department, you can have everything running smoothly, you can, you can show up every week, but unless you take care of the essential thing, you will still be frustrated and, and confused and broken and unsatisfied. Because if your satisfaction is found in your serving and your satisfaction is not found in your sitting, you've got your priorities mixed up. You hear that? If your satisfaction is found in doing things and not just being with Jesus, Jesus is where we find our satisfaction. Jesus is where we find our peace. Jesus is where we find our hope. If we put our satisfaction and our hope in the things that we can get done or the department that we can run or the serving that we can happen, if, if, I can, if that becomes my level of satisfaction, then I have, I have made an idol of my own serving. fulfilled in your life if you don't take care of the essential sitting at the feet and then the grass will start to look greener on the other side of the fence or look at what they're doing or look at that church or look at this or look at that you get unsatisfied you start the comparison trap satisfaction in things that aren't essential because you have sat at the feet. One thing is necessary. One thing is essential. One thing is required. That one thing isn't to take care of the distractions. That one thing is to simply have a seat with Jesus. If you are not sitting with Jesus, you will not serve sitting with Jesus, you will not hear from Jesus. If you're not sitting with Jesus, you will not enjoy Jesus. You cannot serve joyfully if you haven't had a seat first and if you don't go back to sit down often. Hear that? Again, this isn't a sermon telling you to quit serving. It's a sermon to remind you of the importance of sitting you won't even find 
joy in your serving until you first found joy just in the present you experienced during the week when you have sat with Jesus and you've spent time in the presence of Jesus and you've prayed and you've worshipped when you get up and come and you have to serve or you have to have to go to work or you have to take care of those kids that presence of Jesus that what you got there is going to stay with you that peace that you received is going to stay with you that treasure you received is going to stay with you. That joy, that peace, that strength, that purpose, that healing, that restoration, that newness, that love, that forgiveness is going to stay with you. Listen, I just want to say this because this is important. Our leadership team kills it. First of all, not that they serve well, it's that they sit well. Because our leadership team can't serve you with the joy and the peace and the passion and the purpose unless they get some time to sit well. serve and lead well 
they're being asking to serve, they don't take their opportunity. There's a lot of, there's a couple different kinds of people. There are people that always want to sit, and there's people that always want to serve. somebody beside you, y'all two looking at each other, y'all on the side, y'all don't just squeeze in, look at them and say sitting is essential, come on go ahead, sitting is essential.
And maybe you just want to stay here. Maybe you just want to sit down on the floor with your cup and your bread. Maybe you just want to come to the altar area with your cup and your bread, and you just want to sit at the feet of Christ. We're going to take a moment just to sit with the essential that is Christ. And to rest there, to be strengthened there. For as the Spirit draws you again, this is an open table. You do not have to be a member of this church. This can be your first time here. But you are welcome because Jesus welcomed whosoever will. just to sit, just to sit. I thank you for the body that was broken for us. And I thank you for the cup, for the blood that was shed for the remission and the forgiveness of our sins. I thank you for the new covenant. And I thank you that you have invited me just to sit at your feet and to hear from you, to learn from you, to lean on you. In Jesus' name, the tables are open. You're welcome to come and to sit.
Jesus is doing something right now. I believe Jesus is doing something right now. I just sense the presence of Christ in the building right now. He's just reminding us of the importance of sitting at his feet. We live in such a hustle and bustle and busy world. Hustle.
seemed she was gonna have to step back. And I want you to hear me this morning, church. There are things and health issues and things that are preventing you from being able to serve the way you want to serve.
Jesus' name.